Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, hour number three. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show this morning. It's Jace. All right, let's go back and continue our conversation with Captain Steve Hillman out of G-Town. He fishes everywhere, though. All right, Hillman, we're back, man. No, but getting back to that deal with uh, where I was going with that deal with Dutch and Jack uh, Thursday, it was around, no, it was like noon, and he said, man, he said, you know, we only had half day. I said, you know what, dude, I don't care. I just, I want to catch fish. I don't care about well, the money. I'm the same way. I'm with you, brother. And, uh, yeah, we fished till uh, about one thirty. We didn't, we didn't go crazy with it, but, I mean, it was brutal, brutal conditions. But, you know, we, we yeah, we got to get paid. We got to pay our light bill and all that good stuff, but, but we want to catch them. We want to catch them worse yeah, than do. anybody of on that course. boat. That's that's rule number and one. And I don't care about catching. killing. I'm not talking about killing. I'm talking about just no, catching. catching. I want everybody that's in the boat right. to catch, you know. But, uh, well, it, uh, you know, I remember one time I had some new guys. I didn't – well, they were referred by one of my regulars, you know, that uh, said, man, these guys, they really want to get into this. They're not real good at it, but they want to go with you and learn how to, you know, learn the ropes. And we went out and fished. Well, they booked a half day, and I really don't like booking half days but you know same here yeah they I, they didn't have the money you could tell but uh they wanted to learn and they were eager and uh they showed up with the right equipment i told them what to buy and everything anyway long story short we we went out and it was a slow morning i mean uh, the day before i caught them good all morning right. long and we're just picking and pecking on them we caught 10 or 12 fish and uh so well captain what time do you usually cut a half day off I said, well, normally I try to cut it off around noon or so, and but uh, I said, Let, let's go back and give these fish another shot. And I pulled back in there, and they just lit off. We had to work on it for about 30 minutes. They lit off. We ended up sitting on them fish till 3.30 that afternoon. And they they learned so much because they were getting so many bites, and, and they, were, they were learning how to fight these fish. It was reds and trout mixed together, and, and they got – they got the whole experience there, 
And, well, that's uh, it. And you don't, and they learn what to look for. They learn so the we, timing. Yeah. Of it. We get in and he goes, man, I'm sorry. We kept you out so long. I said, Hey man, don't apologize for that. I, he said, what I owe you? I said, pay me for the half a day. We agreed on. I said, we, we caught fish and that's where well, that was our main objective. And I ended up getting the biggest tip I've ever got. No, <laughs> that's it, man. That's, he gave me a that's, huge that's, tip, man. I mean, a, it was a gaudy one. Well, wow. I, I didn't think he had the money, but hey, now they're regulars. Wow. They go all the time. They're great people. There you go, there you go. But that's like Dutch and Dutch and them the other day. You know, he he went ahead and paid me for a full day. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. You know, but but I don't know. It's just uh, it's all about putting in hey, the you're work. You're already out there. I mean, to make already, it happen. You know. Yeah, you've already all all it's costing you is time, and time means yeah. nothing to me if I'm trying to catch fish. I don't I don't watch a clock. I don't care about a clock. I I go to fish. You know, just, just well, like I, you, James, everybody, man, they don't care. I had a guy. This is about two months ago, and man, we're in Matagorda, okay, and that's not in my backyard. I mean, that's it's a little bit of a drive for me, okay. Right. And we're down there. I put in in sergeant. I had three guys. I ain't gonna mention who. And we're all the way on the west end of East Maddie. Okay, we're 20 miles from Sergeant, basically. Right. And man, the bite was horrible. It's just like what you said. The day before, I did pretty good, and did real good actually. Man, I think we had like two fish, and it was like 10:30. And one of the guys says, "Man, you think we could be in by 12:30? I've got a conference call at one o'clock." Oh. I'm like, why are you telling me this now? I mean, we drove all the way to Matagorda. You don't, you don't do that to <laughs> to short time me, you know. And uh, luckily, we ended up getting a little a little spurt. But man, we're like you said, you're in the water, you're out there fishing, and sometimes it takes us a while to make things happen. Got to wait for a tide change or sure. or whatever. Or like you look at what happened on this last full moon for me at least. Um, and I remember Charlie talking about it. We had the exact same pattern going here and in Matagorda where our best bite was 11 to 1 o'clock. Well, if I'm a half-day clock watcher, we're already in by then, you know? <laughs> With two fish. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to miss you're gonna miss the, the best opportunity to, to get bit. But, um, but no, nah, it's just part of the deal. Now, that being said, it's the middle of August. I ain't staying out there till 4 o'clock either. You know, it just – it's it's just you get you do what you have to do, but usually in the summertime you don't have to fish that long anyway. This time of year, these are some of our longest days. This time of year, really, honestly, from mid January through I'd say all the way through, pretty much all the way through April, uh, we have I have some of my longest days. Yeah, and I do a lot of the a lot of the afternoon deal, and and that's been working out good for me. You know, Jake and I went. I don't know what day it was. One day, uh, it was right. I think the day before all the wind hit uh, last week, whatever day, it doesn't matter. But we just went out goofing off. I didn't have a trip, and and our best bite was like two or three in the afternoon. We didn't get out there till nine thirty. But and uh, basically, watched Jake caught. He caught most of the fish on top water. He was just making them mad. But right. I caught some real nice fish. We fished two or three different areas, just kind of looking around, and uh, got bit everywhere. Not a lot of fish, but. Uh, one here, two there, three there type of thing, but but uh, but point being, it was a it was more of an afternoon deal. You just this time of year, a lot of times our bite is is better, like the last two hours of daylight, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially with all these little bitty 
shad and glass minnows and all this little newly hatched stuff that we have floating around everywhere. Boy, how many Pel- times have we seen that over the years, man? That last two hours of daylight, just the fish go bananas. Oh, big time. I took a video the other day. We were standing there waiting, and, uh, man, the pelicans, the terns, the gulls, everything just came to life like yeah. an hour before the sun hit the horizon. And, I mean, it was like just bombs going off, pelicans just diving on these shad. And our bite finally lit up. I mean, I think we had like two fish that afternoon. We put in around 1230, and then we ended up catching eight or nine right there at dark. All good fish. You yeah. know, we're waiting, but. But just very short-lived windows. It's just the pattern we're in this time of year in this, you know, what we all call the transition. You know, a lot of people get tired of hearing that that word, but that's exactly what we're in. We're in this transitional sure. period right now. Yeah. But, cycles. You know, that being said. Cycles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> timing, timing. Moon phases, but. <laughs> timing. Nocturnal. <laughs> we got a million excuses. I'm telling you, wind's, wind's too hard, not enough wind. Water's too dirty. Water's too clear. But now, uh, I guess this water temperature drop. I don't know. I've got I've got Roland and and Pete tomorrow, and I don't know who they're bringing. Oh, but we're supposed to wade, and I've got them set up to wade right now. But I was thinking about where we caught these fish Thursday, and now the water temperature's four or five degrees colder. You know, we caught those fish over thick mud and a little bit of shell near deep water, just like I did all winter. Right, and, you gotta, uh, you're going to have an east wind tomorrow, due east. I know, 20. a little bit of it too, right. Yeah. But but you look at where me and Jake caught them fish other day, we're on hard sand and hard shell, you know, and thigh-deep, waist-deep water. But, hell, the, the water temperature was mid-70s then. Right. You know, it's crazy. It's changed. It's dropped in two weeks. It's dropped almost 20 degrees. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to do to these fish. I don't know. but And then I think Tuesday I've got Travis and Taylor. I don't know who they're bringing, but I don't know. i got to find something I can lean on. Seems like every time I get some of the best fishermen. Get your best fishermen when everything's gone south on you, man. It everything, happens to me. It never fails. <laughs> I get a curveball thrown at me, you know, as <laughs> if it's not challenging enough these days. Change-ups, curveballs, knucklers, it's, uh, <laughs> hey, you name it, brother. It's, I'm uh, telling you. I don't know. That's the game we play. I remember, you know, speaking of these late bites this time of year, sometimes at, uh, at Blaine, he was probably the best at it i ever seen. He had the most patience. He'd get on a flat in the mornings. He'd wait it, and he'd catch a couple of good ones in there, and he knew they were there. Right. But uh, he'd sit on it. I mean, they'd go back to the boat and take breaks and have snacks and all that. And I'd go back by there, and he's still sitting there. And uh, <laughs> he's now nah, they're just not biting yet, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride them out. <laughs> and he would, and he would. Uh, he ended up just he'd massacre the fish right at dark. And we used yeah. to call him can't see to can't see. He'd be the last <laughs> one in every time. Man, I can see him doing that. Yeah, he's he's a hell of a fisherman. Man, oh we yeah, fished with some good ones over the years. We've we've uh, we've lived we've lived through times that that you know you talk about it, people don't believe it. They think, man, these guys are full of hot air, but really we're not. We we did it. We lived it. 
It just uh, man, I tell you, I just I just can't do during... that anymore at my age. I just can't go from daylight <laughs> till dark, especially waiting all day. I can I can probably do it one day out of the boat, but uh, it just hey man, there's there's something said for being young. I just wish I could go back in time and know what I know now, and then have the energy and the fortitude to do it all. You know. Yeah. Well, you talk about how people don't believe what what you're talking about as far as the size of these fish. I remember during COVID where I guess in the beginning of COVID when they, uh, they whatever shut the, the, uh, the main studio down for the radio oh, yeah, station. We had to keep the show going by having, I had to have a guest every day. That was, that yeah. was fun though. And we we're all me, you James. And then I think Charlie came one day, Blaine, and I guess Jeff we did Code, that for four Richard or five. Tosh, I mean, yeah. everybody came in. It was it was but cool. We did that for what, probably four or five weeks. But anyway, sitting in your studio and looking at all those pictures on the wall, I mean, those are fish that, man. I hope we see those kind of fish again. But I don't know, <laughs> man. I mean, those oh, were, those are hogs that y'all caught. I mean, stringers of them. Of course, Let back me knock then we start next breakout, Hillman. Hang on, you got yeah. time to play with me? Oh yeah. I'm just having, right, I'm making in there. I'll be right, right back to you, brother. All right. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Onyx PFDs. You know that approximately 70% of all fatal boating accident victims drown. And out of that 70%, 87% of them were not wearing a personal flotation device. A PFD, it's like wearing a seatbelt. It's the biggest safety feature proven to save your life. And the Onyx AM24, it's the one I wear. I really like it. It's comfortable. It's convertible from automatic to manual or manual-only inflation. It has a low-profile design. It keeps you comfortable, especially in hot weather through the summer months. And it has a soft neoprene neckline. It won't rub you raw when you move from spot to spot, especially in rough water. It has a durable ripstop fabric that resists tears and punctures. Inflatable PFDs are not recommended for children and non-swimmers, but Onyx has a complete lineup of flotation devices to fit every situation. For more information, visit onyxoutdoor.com or check them out at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I wear Onyx PFDs. You should too. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, let's go back to Captain Steve Hillman. All right, Hillman, we're back, my friend. All right, man. But no, I'm just sitting here thinking about what I'm going to do this week. I know we're supposed to have some wind. I go, I think I have waders every day, so that helps me a lot. But man, this water temperature, don't you think these fish are going to kind of pull off, get closer man. to the deep, deeper that's, areas and a little softer bottom? Or, that's the million dollar it. question, you know, with a new moon coming up, too, you know, and, uh, they may tend to roll deep, especially if your barometric pressure is high. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the big, big question you got to ask yourself. Uh, all you can do is go fish it. I mean, I mean uh, it's, uh, man. well, and use that first day, that first day. And unfortunately tomorrow is that day with <clears throat> Rowan and Peter that first day. I think that thing's getting closer. I think he's walking over here. You hear that damn rooster? That rooster. He's coming to God, see man. you. He needs, he needs a cup my... this morning. Make him a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, my father-in-law, you know, my in-laws live with us. And my father-in-law, he, he spread, he's retired. He spread uh, milo and corn in our driveway. And oh, the chickens boy. come over here and eat it. So I think they're already there coming over here. But anyway, but, but no. <laughs> Tommy um, feeding the chickens. <laughs> he does. He, he loves it. But, uh. He sits out here and watches them, drinks his cold beer. But now they're showing uh, <laughs> a sixty percent chance of rain today. Oh, really? That's great. this morning there was zero chance, and now they're showing a sixty percent chance. And uh, well, let me check out radar here. I see some light green. Oh goodness, all the way down the coast, clear to Mexico. Wow. Well, I didn't even know it was supposed to rain yesterday, and it was drizzling on and off all day. It was kind of miserable. But now getting back to this deal tomorrow, so. Man, I guess, you know, we caught everything on tails um, Thursday and that wind drifting. And uh, I don't throw heavy jig heads at all. I throw 16th almost all the time. But Dutch and Jackson caught most of the fish, and they were throwing quarters in that wind. And, uh, of course, you know, the water's pretty salty, and everything's sinking slower, and you're drifting Mach 1. And, and uh, that was kind of the exception. But and everything was on plastics on mostly on uh, paddle tails been catching almost everything on rat tails but thursday almost everything on paddle tails little uh chicken on a chain sea sheds mm-hmm. and uh and we caught some on slamming chicken too but you know that's what cliff webb told me yesterday that their fish went to those little uh marsh minnows the mirror marsh minnows yep. the paddle tails yep. just right yep. in the middle of uh their bite it just everything went south, and then one guy put a paddle tail on, and they just crushed him. That was the pattern well, for the next two or three days. Isn't that crazy? And that's what that is exactly what happened. Totally I mean, amazing. I, I think the last three or four weeks, I've been catching everything on almost everything on rat tails, especially better fish. And we couldn't buy a bite Thursday morning. Like I said, we're sitting on a skunk there for about the first two or three hours, <laughs> and I switched over to a paddle tail, and I started doing that stupid straight retrieve thing. And then I hooked a red, lost it, hooked trout, lost it, blah, blah. Then I switched them over. And, of course, they we made that long move, and then they started sticking them. But, uh, yeah, that's that old yeah, James Plog West Bay shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> it works, He kills them on that a lot of times, and I never do it. I'm too nervous to fish like that. I'm man, and, hyper. you know, I've seen 
It's same. I like to jig a bunch, but uh, Me too. that doesn't work a lot of times. But but I've seen, and in the last few years, it seems like late in the summer, that straight retrieve pattern right. seems to work better than anything for some reason. But uh, anyway, but now nah, we probably, uh, I might throw a few more plugs tomorrow. We'll just get out there and see, but, you know, I don't care. I got I got 77 gallons of gas in my boat. I got a full tank of diesel. I mean, I've had days where <clears throat> we started in Galveston Bay and ended up in Matagorda. Now, that doesn't happen very often, but getting back to that deal where, you know, we want to catch them, and, and this time of year you got to do some stupid stuff sometimes to catch them and put in your time sometimes, right. you know. <clears throat> well, anyway. It, uh, it's the state of the bay we live in these days, and uh, unfortunately we can't have the have it like we had before where we didn't have to do all these uh, jump-through hoops to try and catch a handful of fish like we do. And and yeah. nobody, you know, I've known a lot of people over the years. I mean, I've been affiliated with a lot of really knowledgeable and, and great fishermen and everything and had the luxury of being able to talk to folks like that. And, and uh, but out of all the people I've met and known over the years, you're probably the most knowledgeable I know as far as the, uh, the state of the bay and the environmental end of it and everything, which you, you know, you majored in college on stuff like that, but you got it from experience, you know, being in the oyster business well, and yeah, everything that... else with your dad. And, and, uh, boy, I take to heart a lot of the things you've told me over the years of what, uh, <clears throat> We watched the the health of our bay just decline right before our eyes, and we would talk about it, and people would get so frustrated with us and call us idiots and everything else. But it, uh, we, I mean, it's happened. <laughs> I mean, it, here well, we are. It's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, the that degree thing. That's just a piece of paper on a wall, but really, the anecdotal stuff, all the things we've experienced, we've learned hands on. That's really where, for all of us, because we all learn from each other and from other people, uh, what's going on around us, because we're out there a lot. But that's really where it's at is, you know, the old cliche, seeing is believing. And we're out there looking at it. We're watching it, watching things develop, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, what you and I, James, and a few others talked about here Back in 2016, 2017, we kind of see the writing on the wall. You know, we're catching all those fish during the stack up years, the freshwater stack up years in 15 and 16. And and I even I remember writing an article, and I think it was August 2017 about it. Careful what you wish for, and mm-hmm. look at what happened. You know, but we we it's that's a whole nother discussion in itself. You know, we've got got some environmental issues and, and and i really don't think fishing pressure is the is the culprit in our bay these days because no it doesn't help really... but, uh i think environmental fallout is the uh absolute worst and i remember game wardens that uh we grew up with back from the 70s and 80s that were telling us the same thing that uh that in you know environmental fallout is the biggest enemy you have to the destruction of this bay Right. Yeah. Now there's that and, and just really it goes back to what's been it. I'm always beating the subject in the ground, but habitat issues. But exactly. uh, we've lost so much of our habitat. And that's really where that's kind of the base of our food chain. That's where it all starts. I mean, you look at, at what we do in Matagorda every year or what I do at least. 
you know, the the seagrasses, you know, the shoal grass on the shorelines that we used to have down there. And most of those fish we catch nowadays, now we look, we catch some wading over sand and mud and stuff, but most of the fish we catch are over live oyster shell. And that's, you know, live oyster shell for Galveston Bay is our primary habitat. And we've lost more than half of it, you know, about two-thirds of it, starting with Hurricane Ike in 2008 and been several issues since then. And until we fix our habitat issues, everything else trickles downhill after that. But, you know, that being said, we're, we're catching fish. It's just it's not like it used to be, you know. No, but then again, we, it's March. We are, but it, it's in only in certain areas. It's like there's Correct. so many dead areas. There's, I mean... You don't have the yeah. vastness of the, uh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. It just, oh, yeah. they're not on every street corner anymore. And it, uh, well, it's, it's scary it's to like watch. It makes you wonder what yeah. the future is going to bring. It's like what we did Thursday. I, I knew on that kind of wind, that wind direction, I had some fish pinned down. I, I mean, I knew we were going to catch them. I just and knew in my heart we were going to catch them. And we didn't, we didn't get a bite in that first stop. And that was the, to me, in my mind, the most high, the highest percentage play that I had in the book right there, and, and we didn't get a bite. And nine times out of ten, in those conditions this time of year, we should have caught fish there. And I guess the point is there's a lot of areas where we should catch fish these days, and we don't. You know, they're not, they're not on every street corner, you know, and they never have been on every street corner a lot more places than they are now for sure well i remember and it I didn't think, matter what the weather did whatever direction the wind was blowing you could go to a shoreline you hadn't fished in 10 years to get out of that weird wind and make a wait yeah. and catch all the fish you wanted you know and, yeah because uh, you had decent water you had bait and it uh right let me, let me do this one more break steve i hate to do this to okay. you. i gotta do this it's no, my it's job good. and uh, i'll be right okay. back to you we'll continue on hang on a second all right man all right you're listening to the outdoor show here at sports radio 610 we'll take a quick break we'll be right back baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It's 635 here in the Bayou City. All right, Hillman, we're back, bud. Anyway, I know we need to wrap it up, son. I didn't realize nah, it was that late. We're good, man. Callers, I, we're good to but, go. There's nobody calling, and, hey, we're, we're okay. on a roll. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe you had some people on hold or something. No, but too, too good of content to talk about uh, other things. <laughs> But now getting back to the habitat thing, there's things being done every year. Parks and Wildlife, they planted some, you know, there's a lot of limestone being planted throughout the bay for uh, Yeah, but it's just a you know, little, it's, 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 it's not just, enough. It's small in the grand scheme of things. It's not enough. I call and it wind really, addressing. And that's what I've always said too. But it is something, and it, it, it needs to be 10 <laughs> times more for sure, for sure, for sure. 
But it's there's a lot of moving parts to the deal. It's not just habitat. It's not just fisheries management. It's not just limits. It's not just fishing pressure. It's it's all the above. But you got to have all the habitat stuff. But you also the, one of the big things is that our mentality has to change. Of course, a lot of us it has in in recent years, especially the last six or seven years, as far from a catch and release standpoint. This kill them all mentality has has got to start fading away, yes. uh, or or we're not going to be able to catch up. That's the thing, and you know, dead dock shots and all this stuff. Those those things those are those are that's a thing of the past, man. It's just uh, it's not the thing to do anymore. You know, yeah, it's kind yeah, of keep... frowned upon now from from a lot of people I'm associated with and look at it in that perspective. Yeah. They kind of frown on you know, that. Now. And I, I understand we have limits for a reason and all that. I get that. And I've got plenty of customers that when they want to keep their fish, they keep their fish. But man, every opportunity we have, it's like when Jake and I went the other day, we let everything go. You know, every chance I get, we we let them go. But it's sure. just you got to change the mentality. I'm not saying you got to get ridiculous about it. You know, and uh but overall it's just uh that's just one of one of the variables is what we do you know uh we've got to do our part but but yeah habitat to me is the the primary thing that needs fixing in our bay and and again little by little and I, there are some areas that Jake and I waited the other day where there's some new oyster growth in in some spots that uh that I haven't seen. I mean, there were dead oysters here a few years ago. Just, you know, the, the culture was there, the shell was there, but I guess they had good spat set. And now there's three, four inch oysters growing. Some of them's right on the shoreline too. It's pretty good stuff, but, but not a lot. It's not everywhere, you know, but. Well, uh, and, and, and water quality is another thing that we need to really look at. I mean, our, our monitoring standards have not, gotten better since 86 we're still using the same parts per million theories and all that but you know solution by dilution kind of mentality but i mean it's just like where i live and where i'm sitting right now here in the city of baytown they dump more raw sewage into the bay system than the entire city of houston does and they've been called out on it a bunch by the epa and uh and and that's just one little minute part of it it's not counting what else is coming down that channel from all the productivity and uh what's buried in the bottom of that channel over 50 years of uh you know build up and and then you start the dredging projects and then it's like that you know it's like that big island there's they're building in the middle of trinity bay they couldn't have put it in a worse place in my books because tpnw just got through planting all these new uh aggregate beds off the deep end of Beasley's out there. And then they did that other uh, project over between Beasley's and Fishers a few years ago. And every bit of this raw sewage or whatever it is, you, you can smell it, the chemicals, everything in it. No telling what kind of, you don't know what's in there. It come off the bottom of the channel. But anyway, every tide exchange that, uh, every even coming tide, all of that is just, uh, forced right over those reefs as it moves yeah, to the, the northeast outgoing tide it moves back to the southwest and not to mention all the high winds we get it just i don't understand it well it's unfortunately we live in an industrial area and the price for progress uh, it, it's just hard 
with all the channel dredging and everything else, it's all a, a necessity, unfortunately, but there's there's a balance, I think, that and I think it's kind of starts tilting the other direction, not in our favor uh, as industry grows and all that. And you have to have commerce. You have to, obviously, you have to have all Well, that. yeah, we have to, but there's got to be a delicate balance there's between be a the way two. To, to coexist, you we know, put man on the moon, but we can't uh, balance it out. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's a tough one, man. It's tough. It's it's not easy. Well, the not retainment easy. levy deal. I mean, I'm I'm all for that. I know we lose a lot of bay floor and square acreage of water body with it, mm-hmm. but you contain those things to a, to yeah. a certain point unless you pull a big time cane, like you know. Ike, and then you breach all those areas, and it ends up in the water anyway. But yeah. there's got to be some way. I mean, it's just like the toxic waste dumps upstream. They've had money allocated for that since uh, George Bush was president in 2000 or right. whenever it was. That he allocated right. funds for that cleanup of those Superfund sites. Nothing's been done about it. Yeah, They went to dress it, throw a few rocks and a tarp yeah, over the top all. of it. And, yeah. You know put a Band-Aid on it, but yet mm-hmm. it's still spilling into our environment, into the water. It's ruined uh, It's ruined a lot of things, and people still don't understand the, the fallout that can come 10, 12, 15 years down the road from that and contamination mm-hmm. and everything else. It just it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I know, man. It's uh, sometimes and things. Look at the spills we've had. uh what was that in 2017, 2018 when the reformate collision, you know, with the barge in the ship and all that spilled yep. into the channel? I mean, they had to close yep. the bay down all the way to, from Smith Point. They made, drew an imaginary line from Smith Point to Tech City Dyke, and every, all waters northward were closed. I can't oh, yeah. tell you how many countless dead fish I saw floating around after that, and nobody wanted to report on it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Now, I... I I must admit the Galveston Bay Foundation, they got the media on top of it, that shoreline they own over by Seabrook, and yeah. got the uh, local media to show the dead fish on that shoreline that had washed yeah, I remember up there. That. And uh, that's all you heard about it. And mm-hmm. uh, then the, the ITC fire, you know, all the all the uh, firefighting foam, all that contaminants that mm-hmm. went into the water, draining out into the ship channel and coming right into our bay system. And it just... Man, it, it, everything's so biased now, you know. Let's don't yeah. let's don't bite the hand that feeds us, uh, but we'll let the bay bay take the brunt of it, and we'll just uh, sweep it under the rug and go on down the road. That that's the kind yeah. of stuff that aggravates me to no end. There's no doubt we have our sets of uh, of challenges for sure, for sure. But I don't know, man. We'll see some of that stuff. <laughs> I guess does have long-term impact. And a lot of it we'll never really know what the true impact was, honestly. You know, we don't ever even talk about all the McGinnis waste pits on the uh, north side of West Bay over there in the marsh. Right. There's dozens of those pits over there. Yep, yep, yep. I know one of the fav- favorite favorite areas for a lot of people to fish when it gets really cold is <laughs> to butt right up against one of them. Yeah, and it's uh, we see it upstream, you know, and – and uh, there's been warnings. You remember when the city of Houston, or actually TexDOT, had on all the signs, contaminated fish warnings and all that. 
it went on for about a year and uh then it just went away and yeah people still go up there and fish in those waters and keep those fish and uh, feed them to customers and eat them themselves and uh just living on borrowed time i guess i don't know <laughs> if if i was a commissioner with tpnw this is what i'd do if I would make that a complete nursery above 146, the Fred Hartman Bridge. That's a cutoff. Anything above there, you cannot keep fish. I mean, they have it that way for shrimping and crabbing. There's no commercial yeah. fishing or crabbing up there. And uh, I do the same with recreation. because those Well, you look at are, oysters. Yeah. Oysters have closed areas. They only have approved areas, certain exactly. approved areas. And, uh, of course, oysters I, don't have fins, don't swim around, but still, you know. Yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> no, that's not a bad idea. Not make that a, a uh, just make it a nursery, which it already is, and except for recreational fishing. But they have warning signs everywhere where you fish up there. You know, do do not keep any species of fish. Used to it was catfish, you know, like hardheads, gaff top, and uh, speckled trout and crabs. Now yeah. it's everything. I'll never forget. I was at Bayland Park. This was years ago when they first put those warning signs up and uh, the fish consumption warning signs. And <laughs> I had this guy and their two kids. And we, we caught a lot of fish and we, we killed them. And I'm cleaning this fish and he's over there reading that sign, man. And he's like, he walks over to me and he says, Are these fish okay to eat up here? I'm thinking, dude, you just smoked about four packs of cigarettes while we're fishing today. You're worried about this fish. But no, Not to mention the air quality up there, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't hardly fish up there anymore. Used to. Well, I think I fished up, up my way, we year. have to go up there because, you know, when you pull the winds and you can't fish the sure. open bay, Trinity Bay, you have to do that to, to get your trip in. But I've been strictly catch and release up there. I, I, my customers right. know. I tell them. I said, hey, I mean, if you want to keep one of these and eat it, that's, you know, that's your uh, – prerogative but uh i'm just warning you that uh we do have uh fish consumption warnings up this way i mean i think the line actually runs from uh houston point to red bluff point and all waters northward okay if i remember yeah correctly. i wasn't sure where that yeah i wasn't exactly sure where it where it began but i don't know just, man we'll you know, see a portion I'm just... of it you know that we'll, we go through here in galveston bay but uh mm -hmm. It's just just look how resilient it really is for what it goes through, and what it's been through, and there's still fish living here. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, I know one thing we have, and you could walk on them last couple of times. The shad, my goodness, we we just every year we have just multiple shad hatches. It seems. I mean, we saw shad of all sizes. That flounder that that Dutch caught about a 17 inch flounder. Had about a four inch shad in it, and then we're when we're fishing, we're seeing little button shad, you know, little bug fish. Just right. I think we saw bug fish just kind of buzzing on the surface and all that wind. And uh, we don't have any shortage of of shad. I know that. Yeah, I think and, you could probably grow shad in a septic tank. Yeah, maybe. You know, <laughs> uh, but I tell you something, we, we don't have the wrap of mullet. We we still have mullet, but not. I mean. The population of mullet in this bay is down 90% from what I've seen yeah. over the years. I mean, it, we do not have mullet runs anymore like we used to. That ought to tell well, you something and, about water quality. 
and they don't raft up. Like I'll see no. them raft up on the beach. I'll see them when the beach gets calm in the surf. Mm-hmm. I will see them raft up there, but you don't see them. There's only two or three areas in the bay that I've witnessed every year where they actually really raft up anymore. Right. And uh, not you know used to. You get out there by the by the uh, helicopter pad and all the platforms out there off the lower channel we used to fish anywhere along the spoil bank. I mean, you see uh, anywhere on spoils all the way, all the way from mm-hmm. down Texas city up to my way were just, you could walk on the mullet and, and oh, yeah. our shoreline, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I remember Dickinson reef right there where I grew up Yeah, when, when we had, when Dickinson reef was actually still there and there was an Island there and the reef coming off the Island had three reefs coming off that one Island two that ran parallel to the Dickinson Channel and one that exactly. ran back towards April Fool Point. And the one that ran back towards April Fool Point made a big J-shape. And you didn't need a GPS. The mullet, the rafts of mullet would mark the crest of the That's reef. That's how I Perfect used to place. find the reef, is, is mm-hmm. by the, the rafts of mullet on top of it on the tide line. It, uh, you remember how every tide line in the bay would just be rafts of mullet on the tide lines? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That ought to tell anybody all they need to know about what's going on, yeah. you know, if they just yeah. watch it. I mean, there's so many guides now, and they're good at what they do, these new guys. I'm not knocking them, but they don't know the state of the bay. They don't know what makes makes things click. Well, you know, because they haven't seen it. They haven't, and they don't think about it. A lot of folks don't think about the ins and outs and all the the the, the ecology of the the base system exactly. that they're fishing in they don't think about that they just think about going and you know going fishing and and catching fish and they think it's just about limits and seasons and and temporary weather changes it's it's that a lot deeper you gotta get that money lot. bank pay for that boat yeah but it's, <laughs> I, I know the drill we exactly. lived it for i've lived it for uh, almost 43 years paying bills got to do what it takes that's it man or take what it does <laughs> we're taking a lot yeah. nowadays <laughs> yeah well it's uh we've got good days and bad days hopefully we'll have more good ones looking forward yes. you know the weather getting right and everything but i know i'm ready to try to put some str- good strings of days together you know this little two three four day a week stuff yeah yes yeah, getting old, man. But it's that time of year. It's never been easy in March. Ever. No, even back when we had millions of fish, I mean, it was always tough, you know, after February. Yeah. February, we usually had a really pretty good month, you know. And right. I had, had some good stretches. But March was always iffy. And April can, boy, April can either make you or break you. But then, right. you know, we'd live for May. You know, here it comes. Sweet exactly. uh, southeast winds and the smell of watermelon all over the bay system and fish snapping and just, man, here it comes. May, June, July. We are, yeah. we are seeing, summer. exactly. We are starting to see more slicks now, which you should, you know. With yeah, all this shed. time of year, I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know. You can ride around and uh, judge uh, basically with sight of slicks of how many fish you really got in your bay system. Right. That's a fact. No, these these shad when they're feeding on these shad, man, it's a real real oily fish, and they slick really good. Yes, they do. So when you can what find do you think them, smells the best a, a shrimp uh, slick or a shad slick. 
hell, I don't even know the difference, man. I mean, well, there I is a difference. Smells. Shrimp is a little I, sweeter to me when they're, when is they're it? puking yeah. up shrimp. Yeah, it's got a I honestly have never it. more yeah, watermelon. You know, I've never, yeah, I guess so. I've never really differentiated between the two. I just I love the smell of a trout slick. It's one of my favorite smells. I know. I I, uh, I wish uh, they'd make a perfume of that. I'd never leave the house. <laughs> just three, there's home. three scents. Yeah, there's there's three three scents that I just love. Trout slicks, and this is really weird. And then uh, old outboard exhaust that just uh, I know old, the old two stroke exhaust. Yeah, two stroke. And, and then and then when I used to duck hunt a bunch, especially in the marsh on a cold morning, you pop off those first few shots that smell of gunpowder in the air. Oh, man. baby. You're Those are the three best smells on, now, on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> if they could make time. some cologne or something. You know, they have a candle. They have a candle now that smells like a fish slick. Oh, uh, I think Andy Schaefer or, or Mark Hooker, one of those guys, that, or Jim Wills, one of those three guys bought one of them and sent me a picture of it. It's a candle that smells like a fish slick. Oh, man. I've, I've got to order some. <laughs> I'm burning all over my house. I love that smell. <laughs> I mean, nothing will break your neck anymore when you're running a boat and that smell hits you and you just oh, I'm your hands you. on the swivel. Pull well, it gives you hope. <laughs> that's that's like the other day when me and Ansel were, were wading Matagorda that evening trip, and, and we were struggling. Like I said, we only had a couple fish, and, and before we ever – no, we didn't have a fish. That's right. We didn't have a single fish. And uh, it was around one thirty in the afternoon, and, and I got a whiff of them. I yelled across at Ansel. I said, you smell that? And it was coming down the shoreline. And those fish ended up swimming right down the sandbar right in front of us, following all those worms. And, and the closer they got, the stronger that smell got, man. And it just yeah. what it does, it, it perked you up. It gave you hope. And then, of course, we started catching some real good fish. But, uh, yeah, nothing's worse than – Waiting or drifting dead water with nothing to look at, nothing to smell or anything, you know. But um, that's root to no, mouth fishing, all. there, buddy. That's you know, it. But that's one all. thing before we go. You know, I've lived on the west shoreline of Trinity Bay for the biggest part of my life, and uh, this time of year, especially when the wind goes east, southeast, or south, there's mm-hmm. always that sweet smell of slicks that you. It's always mm-hmm. in the air when you're outside doing something. I don't smell that anymore. I haven't in probably yeah. three or four years. It's not like Man. it used to be. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, Hillman, Hopefully. it's always a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you taking out time this morning. That was some good conversation with you and Plog and the rest of the guys, Naylor and everything. It made for a good Sunday show. And uh, We appreciate it. Oh, hey. We appreciate I, the know, opportunity, you man. You guys are the best, man. I, I really believe that. If somebody wants to call you about uh, coming out and hanging out on a day on the bay with you and doing some fishing, how they get a hold of you, brother? Okay, man. 409-256-7937. All right. And when I hang up, go find that rooster and choke that sucker. I'm, I want to. I really <laughs> do. Up. I can hear him. Through, <laughs> I'm inside now, and I can, I'm inside my house, and I can still hear him through this door. Unbelievable. Anyway, right, I wonder how, how long those damn things live anyway. But all right, man. Too long. All right, brother. See you, man. Okay, see you. All right. That's Captain Steve Hillman. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. We'll be back next Thursday morning bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 